very important to be humble, like you said, come down to the body, to the heart. What do I really love to do and how can I do it for all the humans? And how can I share this knowledge, what I've learned in, in the, the work, in the inner work, etc. Mm -hmm. And also, yeah, like choose love over fear. It's really easier said than done. Yeah. But that's, that's the, the, the thing. It's choosing unconditional love for all humans over fear, whatever mm -hmm. fear, fear, fear of climate change. We don't even know if we will be here. Fear of not having enough food, fear of economical crashes. We will yeah. still have a lot. All these fears, uh, can I choose in all this anxiety still for unconditional love for my, um, yeah, my, my fellow human, mm -hmm. white or black or whatever. Yeah. Human, human. So going back to this humanness. Hello everyone and welcome to the Cyclical Living Podcast, a podcast that will inspire and empower you to live your full, cyclical, soulful life. I am Sara Dusselara, founder of the Wild Rose Mystery School, a place dedicated to reawakening the wild, cyclical ways of our earth, body and soul. Enjoy this episode, my love. Celine Gaza is a mindfulness facilitator who specializes in healing racial trauma and a performance artist with her ancestral feminine lineage as her muse. Celine has a master's degree in criminology and while she was working in social work, she traveled to Southeast Asia where she became fascinated by Eastern spirituality. Celine is now a trained mindfulness facilitator, however for her, heartfulness is just as important. She links mindfulness with social change and embodied activism, focusing especially on healing racial trauma for black and brown bodies. So before we dive into this very, very important and wonderful episode with Celine, I wanted to take a little moment of your time to let you know that I'm aware that the quality of sound in this episode is a little bit less than ideal however the topic and the depth of the conversation was so important and so close to my heart and something that I feel is so necessary to bring out and to speak about in this podcast and you know in today's world that I will ask you to please uh, ignore those tiny little glitches I've edited most of them out so it can be a very good experience for you to receive this potent episode uh, but I wanted to let you know Welcome everyone to another episode of the Cyclical Living Podcast and today's guest is Celine Gaza. She and I met a couple of years ago when we were both working, I as a student and she as an employee in an organization in Brussels, um, a very activist kind of organization and I always loved Celine's energy. I always loved when she was around and I think she's just an incredible woman and what she does uh, today and with her with her journey how she is still an activist but from the heart and like opening the heart space and it's so so beautiful and so I was really happy to invite her on the podcast and even more happy when she said yes <laughs> so welcome Celine 
Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, very welcome. Um, so we had your brief intro at the beginning, but it's always nice also to hear in some more regular words uh, what you're about. So if you can speak a little bit uh, about who you are, uh, maybe aside from your bio or maybe in a little more depth on a certain topics that you work with and what you do here on this amazing planet. <laughs> Um, yeah, so how to introduce myself. Um, I use, I still use the word activist, even though I'm not on the, on the streets. Uh, but I use this word because, um, yeah, like you mentioned, I would love people to connect with their hearts and, and from there transform their fears. Uh, so I work mainly around racial uh, trauma, and I'm I'm um, creating with a colleague uh, together. We are creating workshops uh, for organizations that will not only um, happen on the on the rational level, but also on an emotional level and a body centered approach to transform racial trauma uh, in something new, in a new culture, uh, a culture with, where people are aware of their privilege and where they use it to, yeah, to, make, to make a new culture, actually, a culture mm -hmm. where we are all equal um, and we, where we are all one, but for that, we need to work hard and deconstruct a lot. <laughs> yes, yeah. And so I try to do this work uh, for now in this lifetime. And next to that, I'm also a performance artist and I work around my own um, ancestral uh, female lineage through my voice. Um, my project is called Ancestral Voices, so I work uh, with my voice, but also with my body, around topics like our femininity, our uh, female lineage, so all these women that couldn't voice actually their pains, and how to voice them in this life, and like this, cut the trauma cycles, kind of, and... Mm make the lineage a little bit <laughs> less heavy for mm. the coming generations mm. so that's um, the work i do mainly yeah i mean a deep deep work so important and so vibrant these days right is to kind of look at the trauma and approaching it from an open heart and i think that is definitely something that um is very necessary and what I love about your work as well is because it is approaching the trauma from an open heart, um, but not through the love and light aspect of everything is fine and we accept everyone. Uh, maybe you do, but the system doesn't. So, and we need to get work so much on the system still. So it's not enough to just say like, oh, but I, I don't, I'm not a racist. I don't, it's not me. No, but it is the system that we're all 
living from and then definitely some people benefiting from um so i'm very much on the same page where we kind of need to like it's not enough to just do the meditation it's also necessary to do the actions and that is also why I kind of personally have that love-hate relationship with the word activist <laughs> because in, in a sense, that's what we need as well. And so can you speak a little bit about maybe the racial trauma as well and explain it a little bit so that, or, or in depth, <laughs> uh, so that we might understand how deep it actually runs. And even for, I mean, the people listening to the Cyclical Living podcast, it's all people that are heart-based. Otherwise they wouldn't listen to this <laughs> podcast. Um, but still, you know, even for, for us, I'm just going to speak in my name as well, it's not always clear how these microaggressions continue on a daily basis. And in your work, mm -hmm. you're doing so much to bring awareness to that. And so can you bring that into this podcast as well? Yes, well, I based my work on the work of uh, trauma, racial trauma specialist, Resma Menachem, and he's talking about the fact that it's not enough to we tried for centuries to think good about race and think yes we are all one mm. and you hear me say think we always try to think to to define racism racial trauma but actually what we do in this work is we don't think anymore okay uh, your reason is good to understand the words and define the words, but we go into the body, into mm -hmm. the emotion, and we go and feel it. Because we realize that the, when there is a danger, the thinking brain is like third in place before your, your lizard brain. You see, so you will not think when something is not safe for you or dangerous, when you burn your hand on a, on a hot pot or whatever, you take your hand first. You don't think first, oh, this is hot. I will take my hand. No, you react. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit uh, going into that and being there with um, mindfulness. So mindfully and compassionately, also with compassion. Mm. Um, but it's doing the work from intergenerational trauma like trauma that is so old it's not because you think you are not a racist that's racism i think we have to start to say okay we are we all are racist but how can i be a good i heard that in a TED talk a good anti-racist racist <laughs> it's true because we have this racism inside mm. us i had it for so long in my own body because we are bathed in, in a society where the white body is supreme. Mm. So how can we deconstruct and take away this white body supremacy from our bodies? And from there, instead of being even allies, become a coalition altogether and live together. But we cannot live together if we didn't deconstruct deep inside or or i would say our dna mm. because it's often like traumas that come even through birth um, or through social life um, so it's very important to 
to stop thinking, to stop thinking that you are not racist, to stop thinking that you're a good white person or a good white ally. It's not enough. It's really going. And, and what I do with my, with my uh, colleague, um, she's holding the white body space. So uh, she's white. And I'm holding a space where we are brown and black bodies and where we do the healing work. And uh, there they do the deconstructing work and also the healing work because it's also trauma. Um, and from there we can meet, but we meet with people who do this, this deeper work. Mm. We are not talking about racism. We go and feel it in the heart, in 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 the guts why am i scared when i see a black man walking towards me mm. and really going into the body and feeling that and from there like really thinking okay is this realistic or is this an image that i have in my in deep inside my my body because i saw it in the media in the stories in the movies for so long I thought I was ugly because I I only the only thing I saw was beautiful white women blonde with blue eyes with very skinny with big boobs I mean you see so it's really so much deeper than just thinking that you're okay love and light I agree love and light but how can we from this inner work and, and this, uh, let's say, spiritual work that some people do, how can we, yeah, come from the mat, from the cushion and, and give to the world what we learned in these uh, ceremonies or retreats. I don't have anything against those things because I also do retreats, but what you learn there, how do you bring this to the world and how do you how do you help your fellow human beings mm. uh, your black and brown fellow human beings and and uh, asian and all the other colors all the non-white bodies how do you help them because you have uh i'm not talking about you you but you as oh, white bodies, so. as white bodies you have the privileges so how can you step up how you how can you stand up when there is a racist joke at work or yeah. a micro microaggression in the meeting towards a colleague can you stand up and say something and mm -hmm. so it's more about that yeah 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 i hear that and then definitely what i hear in that is doing it from a space of humbleness and i think that is what um you know speaking as a white person that is what we need is um i think for so long we're, we're we've been cast in that role as a tyrant and then now it would be like oh i'm just gonna save them go into the savior but that still it kind of plays into that drama triangle I don't know if you know um the drama triangle it's very interesting it's like you have a pyramid and on top you have the tyrant and the bottom two edges you have a victim and a savior and mm. so in this whole racial debate the white person would be the tyrant 
or the savior, you know, if it's like, oh, but I speak up, you know, I'm going to save my poor little victimized racial mm-hmm. people. That is happening a lot as well, but it's not empowering either. And so I think this is where humbleness comes in. Step out of that power over drama triangle where we put people from uh, with different skin colors in the, the role of victim because it's, it's like there's so and especially when we spoke about you spoke about the the rituals and the ceremonies most of the ceremonies that the white people do today are from the cultures of the other colored people right so they are not victims they are so strong and they are giving their deepest power these ceremonies sharing them and so this is where i feel we need humbleness and it reminds me of this one message that it just uh every time i read it it grinds my gears so much and it says like it's the dalai lama who said white women will save the world i'm like damn how dare you say that how dare you say that white women will save the world when all most every white woman does yoga that comes from Hindu uh, culture or does Buddhism techniques that comes from another Asian culture and, you know, does sit in um, Native American sweat lodges and it's not, we're all in this together. Yes. So we were all one, but um, at the same time, like that stand up for or against that racism when it happens, but doing it from a state of humbleness and not from the savior, because honestly, um, if we look into our history, um, for me, it was a real wake-up call when I read the book, um, Buried at, My Heart is Buried at Wounded Knee. I think it's a, a story of um, the Native American and how the colonization happened. And that was a real wake-up call for me that we're in no position to play the savior, um, no mm-hmm. position at all, right? And so how would you say that we can step up or first become aware of these microaggressions and all that and doing it from a state of humbleness. How could you give some practical tools for us? <laughs> I think there are a lot of, uh, lot of resources uh, like the book, The Trauma Specialist, Resma Menekin, I talked about before. He wrote a book, My Grandmother's Hands. And this book really has amazing tools and practices uh, he has a, a part for white bodies, black bodies, and people, uh, bodies of culture. Mm-hmm. Um, he calls it really subtle and, and also um, talks about bodies because he does a lot of body work mm-hmm. and also voice work. And I think it's very important to also use his words like these of culture because we are way more than just color mm-hmm. um, mm. and then another book that uh, i base my work on is mindful of race transforming racism inside out from root king you're not really no it's a bit too white oh yeah my but i i, I will link the books anyway in the description so that's fine she tr- uh, she she's using mindfulness mm-hmm. form the racialized trauma the racial trauma what I find beautiful is that sees racism as a heart disease just mm-hmm. curable uh, so in this book she really goes uh, into uh, uh, surgery 
Like we mm -hmm. open the heart, we work inside, and then we close and we take care of it. Mm -hmm. But so, yeah, it's um, very complicated also because um, when a white person uh, asks someone else, a non-white person, can you help me or do this and do that? Because then we go again, like the people have to educate. Oh, yeah. Retired already. And uh, actually, it's it's to it's the white people it's to the white people to take um how do you call this word i love it agency or something right. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. for yourself responsibility mm -hmm. to educate yourself there are so many books so many yeah. uh, i have uh, plenty other books there behind me um and there are uh for the people who are living in, in Brussels, uh, uh, my colleague is running um, a white racial affinity group. So we call it racial affinity groups, what we do. But mm -hmm. it's uh, it comes from Root King, by the way. Um, but it's more like safer spaces where we really talk in non-mixity. And mm -hmm. I know there is a lot of... Um, of resistance like yeah why are you separating groups uh you are continuing the racism but actually no it's to do this inner work to be in a safer space because when i'm in a group with no whites i can really talk mm. for real i don't have to be too polite or to uh to walk on eggs to not hurt white people you know right. but we don't even talk about white people the work we do there is for us to to heal all right. this pain mm -hmm. and to transform them in joy and love because actually joy and love are the 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 base <laughs> the base yeah. emotions and not trauma <laughs> right yeah um, yeah and the, and the, and my colleague does the same with the with the white people but of course there is another work to do there is this, this deconstruction going and yeah. sensing but we do also body work and, and voice work. and uh, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I love that. And I love taking accountability and, um, you know, and, and taking responsibility for our own growth. And I think it, it's in these small things as well um, where, I mean, for me in my personal life, I'm very interested in the teachings of the Egyptian culture and how they work with the womb and how they really have these amazing mystery teachings on working with the power of the womb. And I've met, I've had like so many opportunities to join um, someone's course, but every time it was like a, a white woman and I'm a white woman teaching ancient mysteries as well. You know, I, I do base it in the Celtic lineage because that's just my, my, my DNA. That's my lineage. But for me, in that way, I am kind of waiting for actually no, a true Egyptian lady or somebody who carries that in her DNA. And for that as well as to, I think this is the kind of stuff where we can choose, where we follow also the people and we can kind of re-honor the lineages. And so I love that shift instead of looking at it in a sense of color, looking at it in a sense of culture 
I mean, how much does that open up and how much I, I can just feel it in the word itself. When we say a culture, it just, you know, I can, I can almost hear the sounds of the music and see the movements of the dance styles from the different cultures. And so that is so much more, it brings in so much more love and happiness, but the true one and not the superficial one. And that's definitely needed. Um, so, yeah. And I think there as well, where, what I hear a lot in these kind of circles here, you know, West Flanders, very, very racist culture, very, and then openly racist, like, oh, oh, all these foreigners, all these foreigners coming here, like, it's, it's really, really, <laughs> um, here, yeah. yeah, what, what I hear often is like, why do we have to read those books, and why do we have to do the work, and honestly, what comes to my heart or in my body is we just get to experience life so much more we get to experience so much more joy and so much more different beautiful tastes and and also you know just because they're human and everyone like is <laughs> just basic it's basic really to treat everyone with respect as well um which is not the case everywhere um, but we do, I think it's um, that fear that you speak about where oh, if, if we make it all equal, then we'll lose something. I don't think that's true. And I think therefore what you say is bring it into the body. It's definitely something that I will remember now and I'll really work on it because it, just speaking about it, it won't get us very far. But when we bring it into the body, that's where the true transformation lies. And so yeah, that's a really big thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's very important to to go back to our bodies and our hearts and and for me the heart is then the soul and mm. then we understand that yes we are one but but I still emphasize on the fact that we need to do this work before uh living happily ever after it's not a disney i mean we and disney is actually not yeah. so such a good <laughs> yeah when you said it i was thinking about all the <laughs> like that there's a meme on online of yes. disney with the guy and the black paint over the white like oh that's what disney is doing just making everything black now because <laughs> we're advanced <laughs> yeah 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 and and also all the the, the i mean all the, the movies from disney are not so so it was a bad uh, example but well, moana I want to is a cool it. one moana definitely yeah but it's yeah. just not um <laughs> it's just not a a happy place in yeah. french we say bisounours uh it's not a a pony world yes. so yes. we have to do this work mm -hmm. But then it will come. I'm sure it will come. But we have to be brave and do this work and, and, and finally stand up when there is something and use our privilege for our fellow human beings. And because you're not, if you do this work and if you are uh, doing the hard work and more spiritual work and stuff, it means that you came in this body for something, so do something with it, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you are at the top of the top on the social ladder, and maybe you're not the top because you're a woman, but still you're really high on the, on the social 
ladder. So use that, use that yeah. power, I would say, use it and, and come from your cushion and, and, and be, you know, yeah, act. Um, just don't don't keep it all for you you know it's easy to be in the himalayas and be super zen but then mm -hmm. go in your family and be like that in mm -hmm. front of your parents that will hurt you or your siblings or in this society that is um, actually yeah. horrible because a lot of people don't do that work and are very unconscious and are not mindful at all so how can we bring this zen attitude into the world um, otherwise it's too easy yeah yeah definitely and I I hear in that really breaking through fear and stepping into the heart and that is indeed it's easy to do when you're sitting in circle in a very beautiful area where there's you know nice food nice people and it's very safe that's easy to do and it's important to do it there of course because we need a safe environment to learn yeah. a new skill set but don't just leave it there and that is personally what i in my teachings always make sure that i give kind of tools and techniques that people can actually use in the daily life that what you say when your father is triggering you or somebody else or i don't know a colleague is being really annoying that when at that point you're actually using those techniques and implement them and then yeah. um instead of like oh compartmentalizing it all yeah for sure yeah and it's about also it's about uh, uh, it's very like you say it's very important to have those moments to realize that and to do this work but then it's important to think forward how can we live together in the future because it will not be for us i will i will die without seeing too much uh, of my of my work i imagine mm. i see a little bit but i think it's more for in maybe 10 generations or 15 yeah. generations but we have to do it for those generations if there are still humans still then but uh, <laughs> i want to stay positive and i hope that the humans that will stay will really tune in be so tuned in with their bodies and their hearts that yeah. then we will be able to be one love and one and love and light yes because our generations before did the whole work mm. it doesn't it's not constructive to go yeah but my uh, my parents they were not colonizers i don't care you are white just do the work you know i yeah. i don't care if there were no slave or owners or it's about it's not about people it's about a system yeah it's about a system that sees the white people as on the top yeah definitely and we have to change this system we have to change this culture it's mm -hmm. not just about us as persons or as as individuals yeah it's about a whole system mm -hmm. yeah indeed and it, um there's also this question online circulating and it asks people, how many slaves do you own? And most people are like, mm, no, I don't own any slaves. But then when we start to list the people that made our clothes, the, the people that gathered the cotton, the people that, I don't, um, for example, here in Belgium, we have lots of um, tomatoes and 
fruits and vegetables that come from France, uh, from uh, south of France and, and Spain. But on those fields, it's often people without documents that work there for a very low amount of um, finances and, and horrible surroundings. That is slavery, and it's still very much alive. And so maybe our grandparents or us, we don't have physical slaves in our house, but everything that we owned is steeped with slavery. Um, and so there, it's kind of... And that's where I understand where it can feel so heavy. It's like, oh my God, like if that is the reality, what can we even do to make it right? And especially now with all the prices rising of all the things, like how do we have even money left to invest in, um, uh, you know, buy yeah, more expensive local. clothes yeah. yeah, or local food and all that. And I agree, but I also think that despair is, too easy almost it's too easy to fall into despair and when we get together weave a net and it doesn't really matter what you do just choose something that that your heart really yearns to do and then make that very impeccable almost then it can ripple out but it's too easy to say oh it's so hard i'm not going to do anything no if, if you can't do everything, choose one or two and do them yeah. well, yeah. right? And then there's empowering empowerment in that. And so, um, and actually being mindful of how we treat all the different cultures doesn't cost anything, doesn't cost a thing. <laughs> so that's not where yes. we can use the excuse of like, oh, but I don't have enough money. You don't yeah, need you no. know, I, I... <laughs> Uh, it's it's very important because even I went to 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 retreats and I felt so unsafe because this mm -hmm. person the leader was so spiritual but then went in in racist jokes without mm -hmm. knowing it like I don't know like doing sounds while um, playing something on African music and it was so triggering for me that you know. It, if you do this spiritual work, I will do spiritual because a lot of people now it's really also in to be spiritual and woke and all these things. But what's the base um, of all this thing is to love yeah. your fellow humans unconditionally. Mm -hmm. And I, it, it seems that people forget that sometimes and that we are eco-tripping or yeah, we do this because it's cool and we, we overuse things. Mm -hmm. Like I will not name them, the plant medicines. You the can, I'm, 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 there's space for we that in this podcast. Yeah. Over yeah. shoes and yeah. we don't even, what, what did you learn from Pachamama? Because yeah. you, I don't see you doing this in yeah. your real life. So, so it's very important to, be humble, like you said, come down to the body, to the heart. What do I really love to do? And how can I do it for all the humans? And how can I share this knowledge, what I've learned in, in the, the work, in the inner work, etc. Mm -hmm. And also, yeah, like choose love over fear. It's really easier said than done. Yeah. But that's that's the, the the thing it's choosing unconditional love for all humans over fear whatever mm -hmm. fear 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 of climate change we don't even know if we will be here 
fear of not having enough food, fear of economical crashes. We will yeah. still have a lot. All these fears, uh, can I choose in all this anxiety still for unconditional love for my, um, yeah, my, my fellow human, mm -hmm. white or black or whatever. Yeah. Human, human. So going back to this humanness. Yeah, definitely. And I even hear the other realms as well, the other kingdoms and queendoms of the plants, the minerals, the waterways, all of that, you know, um, when you spoke about the plant medicine journeys and doing them, I also took, I, I also partake, partook in, in a plant medicine journey. But the last one I remember very vividly where I asked, you know, I want to awaken my inner medicine woman. And after that, I never took any <laughs> journeys like that anymore because I realized that the true medicine is not in a plant at least that travels have the world to come to me that often is not harvested in an ethical way because it's a big money maker as well but actually the true medicine lies in the plants that grow around me that I can walk outside right now and see the plants and that's where for example this this fear of not having food well, when you're living in a desert, but even in a desert, there's there's stuff to find if you if you know where to look. But if you're living in a in a climate where there's so much um, plants, there's so much food. It just grows, and even in the city, it just grows everywhere. And it's about and that to me is the true decolonizing what we can do as well, where we can do it in cultures, but we can also do it in getting to know our lands again and when we get to know that we are we're so intimate with it and so we're not spending as much time in the system that is designed to keep all these distorted fearful ways alive but we just exit it not from um that anger but from love for new life right and that is um why i'm also so hopeful because actually most of my time i spend between the plants and the vibration is so high <laughs> so um that's also why i, I left brussels because damn brussels it's a it's a dense city i love brussels i do but it's a dense city it's a phew. <laughs> yes and when you when you you need to when you do this work um i'm still in brussels right now but i'm i'm moving for like end of the year because I realized that, and I'm also far away from the city, even in Brussels, so mm. I'm happy because when you do this work, you need to have a safe cocoon, and, and mm. this is for me uh, cyclical living. It's really, I'm, I'm, I live in cycles. I mean, I cannot be on top all the, all, the, all the time. I cannot have full energy. Now I'm down, I'm in my cocoon, I'm uh, making my nest, and and also I'm living with what's around, what's close to me. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it's uh, amazing what you said about decolonizing is also what's, I also have a culture actually. Yeah. What is my lineage? And going back to that, because your ancestors will help you, yeah. will help you to guide you what you have to do and what plants are are good for you and all those things you will you will receive the messages but for me um yeah what i was saying these cycles in in 
inside these cycles I need times of silence to be able to hear that yeah hear what they we have knowledge we have uh, infinite knowledge inside our bodies and that's why we have to be quiet sometimes and listen and be on our own and really go and feel that yeah mm -hmm. Mm. Yes, that resonates so, so much. Um, and that's for me when, when I felt it in my body where as all people from the West, I started my, well, not all of them, but most, I started my spiritual journey in shamanism that came from North America. And I have so much respect and reverence for the Native Americans. And for example, also the Maori culture. Every time when I see a haka, I just cry. I can't, I can't help myself. I cry. I love it so much. However, when I um, immerse myself in the Celtic Druidic lineage, that's when my whole body kind of opened up and I was like, ah, oh, this is home. These are my roots. Oh, and then I also saw that they are so alike one another. So many of the same principle just comes back, but in a different form because they are on that deeper level of truth, of compassion and um, communicating with other life forms, not just the humans. Um, and that's where you say yeah. that silence is so, so important. And to me, that's also part of the decolonization. If we are in the West, we reclaim our own spirituality because we had so much, such a, such a vibrant spiritual depth and we still have it, you know, it's not lost. We just need to dig a little bit, do a little bit of effort. Um, and then, you know, we can just exchange from a full cup instead of right now where you have a lot of people from the West going all over the world and asking like, fill my cup, fill my cup. But mm. actually, uh, I don't think that's very ethical to do <laughs> looking yeah. at our history and it would be so much more wiser and in the path of love if we kind of go within into our bodies, into the depths, into the earth where we're at and awaken all these powerful teachings that want to be heard right now as well. Yeah. Yeah. And you as well, you are from two lineages too, right? You yes. Are... Yes. I have a Polish mother and a Congolese <laughs> father. Yeah. 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 I think it's, it's, it's very important. And also even in the racial trauma work to go back because often the, the people who brutalize people, were themselves brutalized yeah. and so they took this trauma and put it on other people yeah for example in the book of uh in the book of uh, emma dabiri what what white people can do next she she's nigerian irish mm -hmm. she's talking about the irish implementations yeah. with the africans and that's then they got power because they looked more like english and so they brutalize black people. But in the beginning, they were together with the black people. Hey, give us our working rights and stuff. And so go into your lineages, hear the ancestors, and the answers are there. And we, mm. have, to, we have to clean this, mm -hmm. clean this pain. Yeah. And then we'll get there. But we have to, even if your if your ancestors were were workers and suffered themselves, or were no slave owners, it's not important. It's just going back to the lineage 
understand, okay, what are the pains I'm carrying in this life, yeah. in this body right now, and how can I heal from them so I don't reproduce this to the coming generations? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then maybe one day humans will be one in love and light. I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, like we I I'm also the first one to say, oh one love, you know. But there is a lot of work first, really. Yeah. A lot of deconstruction and decolonizing and yes. because those words are used a lot, but I mean, for me, it's just owning our bodies again, especially mm. as women, female bodies in this yeah. life. Mm -hmm. Owning our knowledge again. And like they say, uh, being the granddaughters of these witches that they burned, but they didn't burn us. They didn't burn the knowledge we have inside of us. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. And and it's there as well. There's this longing and yearning for people to activate that because as you said, the body remembers and it's in these deep subtleties. And um there's an amazing, beautiful I'm I'm gonna see if I can find it and link it, but there's an amazing reel of uh these images, these symbols that native people all over the continent of Africa used. And then these modern uh, commercial companies using that as their logo. So for example, Yves Saint Laurent, the, the, the symbols that they use on their things is actually from an indigenous culture somewhere, I think in Northern Africa. And then mm. you can see it right now that those brands are massively popular with those cultures today, with these people from those cultures today. And so that's, that's all clues. That's all clues that the body remembers and it really wants mm. to kind of take that out again and the world is so ready for it so yeah if we're ever going to get to a space of all love and light i'm not <laughs> sure i think this planet is like a little bit too much in that dual nature for for that to be the truth but we can definitely do better for the next generations to come and I actually personally feel it's inevitable because if we look at the the children's um, groups in schools there's so many different people from different cultures in those groups and they're growing up together that I don't maybe for them it's just not going to be as truthful as it is for us or as mm -hmm. it was for our ancestors uh you know or for mm. our, our grandparents for example yeah 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 <laughs> all right um is there anything else you'd love to say um before we wrap this up well yeah i i would like to to say that this the work i was talking about in the beginning the 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 body the somatic and emotional work will be very important to change our world and if you can do it uh do it look up uh, educate yourselves um but always with compassion. You don't have to be hardcore. You can educate yourself. And it, when it's too much, you, you, you feel it and you go back and then again in the book. And mm -hmm. but doing the practices um, yeah. will be very important. So I hope I can, that some people will hear me and will try to start that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Well, wow, that's so beautiful. And I hope that too. And it definitely inspired me to do more uh, myself, right? Um, so, because everything that I said applies as much to myself as to the people listening. So I'm humbling myself in that as well. <laughs> and I'm definitely very curious about that book, um, The Heart, where it speaks about racism as a, as a disease of the heart. I think mm -hmm. it's so beautiful to approach it that way. And I'm definitely going to read that book and um, yeah, apply some more into my life. Um, all right, so my final question is one that I ask uh, everyone and it's to close off this beautiful podcast episode and that is um, to, for you to paint a picture of how you'd imagine the world to look like if everybody was living in a cyclical way or in this case it could also be in an indigenous, you know, indigenous rooted way with the heart open. <laughs> <laughs> how would the world look like? Yeah. Oh, oof, that's difficult. <laughs> yeah, well, there will be enough food for everyone and shelter and, and people will, would love each other unconditionally, but also the nature. Mm. So I don't think we would empty uh, Mother Earth and and we would grow our food all together and eat from it all together and also respect that our body is living in cycles just like the planets um and so yeah, yeah. people would know <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so beautiful yeah i love that thank you so much so if people want to work with you where can they find you how can they contact you well, people can always contact me by email. Um, it's celine.mindfulness uh, at gmail.com, but you can find it also on my website, mm -hmm. mindfulnessbyceline.com. And all, otherwise, I'm also on Instagram. And if you're in Belgium, you can call me. Yeah. Um, yeah yeah you'll find me <laughs> yeah yeah the website is linked and instagram as well and so people they'll find your work your offers and if they want to work with you they'll they'll find you all right yeah. thank you so so much for this amazing in-depth and necessary conversation um yeah thank you for your wisdom and thank your you. experience <laughs> thank you so much sarah it was a pleasure yeah <laughs> I want to thank you for listening to this episode, my love. If you feel inspired to work with me on a deeper level, then I invite you to check out my offers on my website, wildrosemysteryschool.com or through Instagram where you can find me as deuce.sarah. And for now, sending you much love and cyclical bliss. Bye-bye.